What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Beyond the Course podcast. Today with me is Scott Ponywas to talk some Ryder Cup. Scott, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. Uh, good to see you. Good to see you too. Thanks for joining me. So look, for us, I think as Europeans, or at least my opinion, it's pretty much been way stronger team, in form, home turf, and it was as simple as that. Do you think that's pretty much it, or was, was there a little bit more to it, do you think? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the U.S. this year chose to really revamp their team structure and uh, pick up a bit more young blood over the experience, which I think, uh, you know, this year gave gave sort of a, a fresh look for the team. Um, and uh, being on home turf helped not only um, for Team USA being on, on U.S. soil, but uh, Steve Stricker also being right in his backyard. Yeah, I mean, we'll start with that then. So what did you think of kind of everything he did this weekend and, and also the actual preparation, the team he's picked and, and how he went about the pairings, et cetera? Yeah, I think it was interesting uh, going in because there was a bit of criticism, I think, for how he was kind of handling the team. And, you know, all these, um, all these couch coaches were uh, – basically saying, oh, he's not bringing the team together. You know, you kind of had the media throwing Brooks under the bus a little bit with uh, some of his early comments about how it's different. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the European team tends to have a very cohesive, very almost family-like type of team setup going on, um, their locker room and their bar and, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas Team USA, it sounded like they were just kind of going, doing their own thing let them be, let them uh, come together, how they're going to come together and let them play. And, uh, you know, going in, I think there was a little bit of concern, but in the end it, uh, it worked out for them. And uh, I think just different, uh, different coaching style for this one. And um, finally brought the, the trophy back to, to the U S. Yeah. Because when we did our podcast episode, obviously you were one of my first guests and we kind of joked around a little bit about Brooks and Bryson at the time. I don't know if you remember, and I was saying, you know, maybe this is part of Stricker's plan and, you know, it's just there to kind of fuck us up and, and mess with our heads. Right. And it just seemed, it didn't seem to have any of those issues. They seemed to obviously be buddies at the end. They were hugging it out, but it seemed like Stricker brought everybody together. They'd all bonded, including those two and um, everything seemed to be a happy camp, if you like. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought that that closing hug was uh, was a great cherry on top for everybody. But, uh, you know, I'd also be interested to hear, hear hear from your perspective. You know, we get different media over here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. versus you get over in uh, Europe. So, I mean, what was yeah. some of the talk going in for, for both sides? Yeah, well, I think, as you said there, it's always been fairly well known, hasn't it, that the Europe side's always, you know, really united and family-like and maybe the US have, have kind of been lacking that over the over the last few Ryder Cups and that seems to be one of their problems. Um, so that's the kind of side we normally get from it. In terms of the way they've gone into this tournament, it sounded like Harrington kind of followed that, you know, same strategy, if you like, with inspirational videos, team bonding things, all the rest of it, getting everybody really close. And, you know, it looked like it worked even after losing by such a, a big amount, they were still kind of happy and cheery and, you know, a bit emotional, but good emotional and, and laughing and joking together. Um, but maybe that was one of the big differences because like I said, compared to the others, it does seem like this US side were a lot more united. It seemed like Stricker really got them together. Um, 
So that's kind of how it looks from the outside. But I think, as I said at the start, this has to be one of the most dominant US teams I think we've ever seen. Um, I mean, I've been really invested in the Ryder Cup, let's say the last three or four Ryder Cups. So my experience on the previous ones before that isn't amazing. But again, if you look at just the history books, right? Like it has to be the strongest team on, on paper. I feel like whoever was paired together this this weekend, it was going to be a good one for, for the US. Um, but I mean, saying that, it's not so easy just to, you know, you've got to try and use all your guys or, or, or girls. If it's the Solheim Cup, you normally use all 12 players, right? So it's not always as simple as, as just picking 12. Like they've still got to play well and they've got to play well together. Um, and it seemed like the US did that. Whoever was playing in those matches together and whoever played in the singles just seemed to to play well. Um, whereas maybe the Europeans not so much this year. No, and to that point, I mean, I think it was Steve Stricker who said in the the closing interview that the team combined is ranked like 8.9 in the world or something mm-hmm. crazy um, with the world rankings. So you know, definitely a, a challenge. But to your point too, with Team Europe, it was also a little, you know, sad uh, to see somebody like Rory um, not not come with his game um, this weekend. You know, he was struggling, and he's been, you know, kind of struggling this this past season too. But um, you know, I was really excited to see him because I feel like he's always like one of those supercharged kind of guys and really gets into it. And similar to Justin Thomas on the U.S. side, Rory's always kind of that that big charging. Uh, sure loud guy um so it was you know i was sad to see that and um but it was also cool to see like lee westwood out there with his son mm-hmm. on the bag and um some of those cool cool moments happening too yeah i mean i don't know whether it's just kind of a, a knee-jerk reaction from from us over this side but there's been a lot of talk in, in terms of how these Ryder cup teams are being selected and for example whether it should be done just off picks alone now rather than looking at like the actual rankings because Again, I think it's just a knee-jerk reaction, but there was maybe a lot of US players, if not all, that were in good form. So it kind of didn't really matter where they were in the rankings because they were all playing well. Whereas people are saying maybe about the European team, there were some players that weren't really in good form and there was other players that that maybe were in, in better form, but we just, you know, obviously ran out of picks. You only get a certain amount. Um, so there's been kind of some talk over here about just selecting players from the get-go w- without having the ranking system. And it's just whoever the 12 are that you want to pick at the time, you just do that. And it's based off not only where they are in the, in the rankings, but also, you know, how they're playing at the time. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And there's, there's definitely some of those challenges. And, you know, I think you kind of have those um, traditional leaders. Uh, I'm sure like Ian Poulter is is also somebody who kind of comes to mind when you're bringing that point up. Um, But he also brings that experience. He brings that, you know, charisma and um, the sort of cheerleader aspects. I mean, him dancing out the the first whole uh, tunnel, that video, mm-hmm. priceless. So Yeah. It's kind of one of those plays, right, where it doesn't matter what their form is, you just, you're playing them regardless. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, but how long do you stick with that tactic, right? I mean, I don't know whether that's kind of what we've done this year. You know, you, you mentioned Lee Westwood there. You've got Lee. Sergio obviously still looked like he could play in this tournament and, and Poulter as well. But, I mean, how long do you kind of stick with that whereby you're playing people like Poulter maybe where it's off his reputation alone rather than actually how well he's playing golf at the moment, which it has to be the most important thing, right? 
So, yeah, it's a tough Definitely. one because, I mean, you, you again, looking at the US side, not only were they some characters there, people that were getting up for it, like Bryce and Brooks, they're just all in all incredible form at the moment. But I don't know, does, does it feel like a little bit of a changing of the guards for, for you guys over there at the moment? I mean, there was some talk there in the, in the post-conference from the US team where I think a reporter asked whether they could really get excited until they've actually won it on European soil now, because, we, you know, we all know of, of what that challenge is like. It's a whole new level. So what do you feel like? Do you feel like that's the kind of one now, the next challenge before you can really say, wow, this is, you know, the next big team for the next 10 years, 20 years? Yeah, I think so. hundred uh, percent actually, because you've got another couple of years, um, until uh what is it um uh, Beth Rome, Page is Black. It? Or, or no yeah sorry Italy um so you've got Italy and uh I think going back over um to Europe I think you guys definitely learned some stuff after this um this Ryder Cup so I'm sure those um memories are not going to be forgotten very quickly and uh I'm sure there's going to be some changes and um some lessons learned and you know, maybe you guys do come back with, like you said, more of like a, a hand-picked team and a little bit more curated based on who's playing well at the moment, maybe a little younger, a little more fresh, um, fresh looking team, but, uh, you know, it's going to be tough for, for the U S sure. to, to go over there without the home crowd. And I also think this is definitely one of the more wild, uh, Ryder cups, a little bit more of a party. Um, I know uh, listening to some of the commentary from both sides of the pond, um, you know, <clears throat> there were some things that I feel like uh, kind of detracted from the game a little bit that were coming mm -hmm. out of the U.S. crowds. Um, I'm more of a traditionalist, so um, I don't like some of the booing. I don't like some of the, the loud stuff, but, you know, at the same time, golf is changing too. So, um kind of sure. got to keep up with the times. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a feisty one, wasn't it? There's a little bit of, of drama here and there. Um, I mean, we've got Bryson with the gimme gesture, with the putter, Brooks with the with the official. Got pretty feisty out there. Um, I think did, did, did Spieth say something to one of the caddies at some point? There's a little bit of a, a scuffle going on there at the tee. I can't remember. But, I mean, we'll start with, there's a few different talking points to go to. But first of all, with the Bryson one, um, you know, again, just because it's always good to to get a, a biased and non-biased opinion on it. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, you, you know, it seemed a little bit unclassy from our side, what he was doing there. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be perfectly honest, Bryson probably isn't my favorite um, player on the tour. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, by all means, he's a great golfer and impressive everything that he's working on and things like that but um you know i think he just doesn't necessarily manage the uh the the press very well and also his his own pr very well <laughs> um that was a perfect case in point where yeah pretty rude unsportsmanlike that um you know but at the same time i feel like it's sort of who bryson is to be perfectly honest he just kind of says what he says and does what he does and he'll he'll keep going and uh and that's that's just the way that he's gonna be so but I feel like from this from this Ryder Cup though he's probably made some more friends it seemed like especially from the U.S. side um again that whole kind of 
the bonding thing with the team and with with Brooks, he seemed to be a lot more happier. I think people are going to be going away from from this thinking, uh, you know, or having a different opinion of him for sure, uh, especially after the way he played. Right, I, it was. I think it was one of those. It was like the the U.S. Open. If he could just channel that kind of energy and, and game that he played, because he was brilliant. I thought in this Ryder Cup, he could really go on and push himself to be winning more tournaments and winning more majors, couldn't he? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, I think uh, he's definitely got a future ahead of him, and especially as he keeps hitting the ball four hundred and seventeen yards, um, which is just also absolutely crazy. But um, yeah, I think as he gets his game under control, he'll he'll also start to you know be able to take aim, hit fairways, convert those shots, and you know into wins for sure. Yeah. What was your most memorable memorable uh, moment or shot of that that tournament? You mentioned there the drive. You obviously had the the brilliant speed shot. Um, I know Casey chipped in, but for me, I think that speed shot probably outbeats it. Um, what was the the kind of standout for you? Yeah, I think honestly it was that speed shot, and uh, sort of a, a personal reason why is I ended up in a similar spot when I played there this summer, so I know exactly where he was. Um, I didn't execute it quite as well, but uh, <laughs> I actually ended up sculling my shot up over the, the green into a bunker up against, they were already putting the grandstands up. So uh, yeah, I ended up in one of those little fingers of the bunker and it was, it was ugly. Uh, I had to like chip out sideways from the bunker, take a triple, I think. So, um, but yeah, speed shot um, off that slope. You just, I mean, it's, steeper than that looks it's just nuts and the fact that he didn't roll an ankle on that is mm -hmm. also impressive but yeah I mean, it's, it's funny I saw a tweet about this and it's saying you know I don't know how these players are able to pull off these kind of shots because if you think about it right they're not ever practicing that type of shot are they I mean they practice the bunker shots and and maybe some out the rough or what have you. But we had a couple this tournament, like Victor Hovland in the bush, where he had to kind of knock it back a couple yards and then and then get it out the the sand, the the speed shot. I think it's just incredible how their instinct to be able to hit that kind of shot, but not only get good contact on it to make that shot that Spieth did, which I can't remember what the um, what the length of the putt was that Thomas had, but I think it was within ten feet or something, right? Oh yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, for you and I, we find ourselves in those situations a lot more frequently than they do. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, they don't they don't necessarily have to practice it either. Sure. And for the next one, then we we've obviously touched on it there briefly. There's been some talk about the next captaincy. What are your kind of feelings with it? Obviously, it's only been a couple of days since we finished, but would you stick by by Stricker for the next one? Would you Would you be wanting to see somebody else take that role? Yeah, I like Stricker. Um, I could see him him standing there. Um, you know, potentially maybe even Phil if Stricker isn't interested. Um, I think both of them are good hype men and well respected amongst uh, the players. So I could see either one of those. And I don't know. I know there's some stuff swirling around about Tiger or something, but I, I don't know that he's necessarily the the right pick either. But I'd love to see Stricker or, or Phil. I think next. Yeah, I mean, it depends what you want from the captain, right? I think that's pretty important because I think something that happens in, say, soccer as well, like they choose these managers based off what they were as a player and it's not always the right way forward. Um, I mean, Phil 
looks pretty calm sometimes, like he's just walking around the course, pretty chilled out, but he also seems like he could be somebody that's pretty fiery and, you know, exciting. And Stricker is obviously very calm, doesn't talk much, calm and collected. So I don't know, I guess it, it it's about what you want from the captain. Um, just because they were a brilliant player like Tiger was doesn't always mean they're going to be a good captain, right? Yeah. No, and to throw a question right back at you, um, I know there's been some talk too about Stricker never won a major. Um, and there are a lot of people doubting mm -hmm. him up, up front. Um, what's your thought on that? Should the coach have that great playing experience and have that major win experience? Or um, I, I don't know about a major event. Um, I think obviously the playing is pretty key. That, that has to be a key. Um, again, like soccer, it's, it's always beneficial if they've played before. Um, but it's about knowledge of the game at the same time, right? Just like caddies, they're not necessarily brilliant golf players, but they have an incredible knowledge of the game. So I imagine that's the most important thing, but it will definitely be beneficial if they're, they've been a good player in, the in their time. I'm not 100% sure about the major thing. I think just because Ryder Cup, um, for me, it's more important to have the match play experience, which is a whole other topic for us because you guys have obviously got like President Cup and, and I think Curtis Cup is the, the one they play when they're younger, if I'm, if I'm right in saying that. And we had like the Seve tournament here that was match play. But to be honest, really now we don't have that. Um, and I think that's something else that, that definitely helps out Team USA is, is having that match play experience um, from a younger age. Um, so I think that would probably be a key difference. But yeah, I think it's just more about the the the, the qualities of a leader. I, I don't think it's as important how they were as a player. And on that topic, I'm not 100% sure what we would do with Harrington because he has, has had an incredible career. And I'm not sure we can say that this was his fault. Um, it would be very difficult to say that. You know, it's always the way when a, a captain or a manager or a player loses, people are always going to say that they didn't do something or they should have done something else. And that's just hindsight, right? There was a couple of interesting moments in there. For example, he dropped, I think, uh, Westwood. Uh, no, not Westwood. He dropped uh, Hovland and Fleetwood, I think, um, after the first day when they played so well. And I think that kind of momentum is, is you know, really important to keep. So that was a bit of a mistake. Um, but at the same time, as we said at the top of the show, I just think the US were, number one, so dominant, number two, so in form, and then number three, on the home turf with, with what looks like a much kind of more bonded team. I can't really see where, where we can fault Harrington too much and say that it was his fault and he, he didn't do something right. Uh, however, do we stick by him for the next one? I don't know. I guess it depends on which players aren't going to be playing because I'd love to see a Westwood um, being a captain. It looks like this was probably his last one, unfortunately, in terms of playing. I hope it's not. Um, but it looks to be that way. Obviously, Poulter, again, talking about that type of team captain, whether he would be a good one or whether you just get super pissed and shout at everybody i don't i don't know <laughs> um but i'd love to see somebody like that take control of the of the team as well so um yeah it's, it's going to be an interesting one of of what we do but from what harrington said he kind of talked about it as his team and and my team and our team still so maybe there's something in place for him to to be in charge for the next one yeah no definitely i like each of those picks actually um yeah i could see westwood or poulter kind of stepping back and, and stepping up into that coaching role. Uh, I mean, what, what do you think the kind of keys are for or to be a captain for, for a Ryder Cup side or for a match play side? Because obviously Stricker did uh, the President's Cup as well, I think, where he had a dominant win in that. So, you know, he's obviously got something about him for this, this style of tournament. What do you think the keys are to be a good 
to be a good captain for a match play tournament like this? Yeah, I think it's um, definitely understanding the the players and their mental states and um, being able to prepare them to just be ready to ready to go on game day. Um, so I think giving them the freedom when they need the freedom, pulling them back in when they need to be pulled back in. Um, I think it's a very fine balance um, that you need to play with, especially with athletes at this level. Um, you know, a bunch of them were saying some of the differences in preparation because you do have some of the team meetings, you do have some of the team dinners and some of the other things that um, you don't have when you're playing a normal week-to-week -week PGA event um, that, you know, you get into that habit of, okay, I moved to the next city on Monday, I sort of take that day and then Tuesday I do this for my practice run and Wednesday this for practice rounds and um, Thursday it's go time and I'm you know myself I'm focused and it's all about me um, so I think having that understanding of of uh, how to balance the the individual versus the team is, is clutch um, and then also just knowing who's going to sort of ham and egg with one another um mm -hmm. especially in some of those two-man uh, matches yeah well he, he took an interesting approach to it i think i don't know whether it's the first time that a captain's kind of had this uh, style of coaching i'm sure it's not but stricker very much seemed to be somebody that as you said just kind of let them do them let them be who they are get out the way um you know he didn't go down this whole let's say how harrington did it approach of of showing inspirational videos and, and stuff like that. He kind of just goes, you know, I know, I know these guys, I know how good they are. I'm just going to let them do what they do. Um, so, you know, it's a very much a, a simplified way of going about it, I guess. Um, but going into some of the actual players themselves this weekend, I mean, we had a lot of standout performances, obviously more so from the States than, than we did from Europe. Um, obviously Ram, Ram for the European side. Um, European side included, who were the kind of standout performances from you and, and why? Yeah, I mean, Ram definitely um, rocked it all, all weekend. Um, Casey had some great shots. It was also exciting to see uh, the young uh, Victor Hovland on your side um, coming up. I think he's just a great player, and I think he's sort of been in the shadows a little bit until this season. Um, mm -hmm. But I think he's, he's definitely going to be someone to watch um for you guys um in the next few Ryder Cups um because he'll he'll be around for a little bit um so it was exciting to see him um on the U.S. side I mean JT he's just so much fun to watch um he was all fired up um for whatever reason this Ryder Cup it's like it's a whole different JT um you know, Dustin Johnson going five and oh, um, first time in what, 42 years or something like that for the mm -hmm. U S side. Um, so he had a exceptional performance. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, I think Callum Morikawa was kind of like the quiet guy, um, but definitely stood up and, and took his points when he needed to. Um, but yeah, it was, just overall a really, really fun match. And I don't know if it's because we've all been sort of pent up with COVID over the last mm -hmm. two years and haven't really had this great um, type of sporting event that's really on the world stage. Um, but I felt like the Ryder Cup was, you know, 10 times more fun to watch than any of this Olympic stuff that happened. And, um, you know, the crowds were there, the teams were mm -hmm. all fired up. And um, yeah, it was just, 
great sporting event altogether, regardless of who won or who lost. I know, um, yeah, I don't mean to rub it in your face with all the, you know, U.S. <laughs> stuff in the background, but, um, you know, obviously great to see the U.S. win, but, you know, just love to see all that great golf. For sure. I mean, Ram, of course, said he's almost carrying the team maybe a little bit too much. We were kind of relied on him, especially going into that last day. I mean, you know, he obviously lost that game. He didn't do too much wrong against Scheffler, but I think that was the most impressive thing um, overall. And from the US side, as you mentioned there, kind of with Morikawa, it was the rookies. Uh, I'm not sure the exact stat, but I think since the 28-point format's been in play, that's the most uh, points scored by rookies in, in any Ryder Cup. And it was just incredible, right? They, they weren't even playing like rookies. I mean, Scheffler, that last day, was probably one of the best performances I've seen in match play. Uh, five under through six, was it? And against the number one, uh, when, I mean, I guess not everything was on the line. You only needed three and a half points from that last day. So it was kind of a little bit more relaxed than maybe a, a normal um, Sunday would be in the Ryder Cup. But to go out and do that and put points on the board early for his team was incredible. Um, yeah, Morikawa, I mean, we kind of knew this though going in. Everybody calls them rookies, but I'm not sure we should even use that word, to be honest, in, in these match play events because you look at people like Morikawa, he's already two-time major champion. Um, so I don't know what, what's rookie about that. Shane Lowry is, is an open champion um, and we could go on. I think Scheffler is probably the, the only one that is close to being a rookie. And then, you know, even him, he's been on the PGA. Uh, I'm not sure how long, but, you know, he's an incredible player with an incredible experience. So I think that's what stood out most to me. And that's from our side, probably the most worrying and why it's going to be a changing of guards because it's not like, you know, you've got DJ that's 37, that's, as you said, went 5-0 and and he was super impressive. But if you look at all the other performances, they're all young, fit guys that get on together. They know each other from from college or from young a young age. Um, so, yeah, it, it could just be something that's going to go on for the next 10, 20 years, right? Yeah, but I think you guys also have some some uh, secret weapons in there. And uh, I think you'll you'll probably uh, pull out some younger blood next next time. And uh, I'm guessing there are some other uh, rookies that will come out of the woodwork in the next couple of years, too, for you guys. So, But, yeah, yeah to your point, like Colin Morikawa being considered a rookie, it, <laughs> winning two majors and in, in his first year or whatever and it's yeah just crazy so yeah some people are already talking here that over uh how we should change it to the world versus the u.s now i'll <laughs> 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 have to see how the next one goes i mean if you beat us like that in europe we might have to start considering it i think <laughs> <laughs> start bringing everybody in yeah yeah anyway <laughs> yeah. thanks so much for joining me appreciate your time on on uh, catching up about this and uh yeah congratulations to you guys again very well deserved uh deserved win this year and i'm actually looking forward to seeing them in the next one like you know we just talked about there and whether they can now do it on on europe soil um i'm interested to see how far this team could go to be honest because i think for us as well on this side of the pond we follow a lot of the pga Whereas maybe in the US, they don't follow the European tour that much. So it is pretty cool to see, you know, what these players are becoming and, and how they perform this weekend. So, yeah, looking forward to the next one. And congrats on the big win. Thanks. Yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, as always, great catching up. And uh, we'll talk you to too, you buddy. All right, All right. Thank you very much, Scott. Cheers.